For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian, and we are jacked about the game this weekend. It's finally upon us, the big one, Super Bowl 56. And I think this is going to be a really interesting episode because I think some people in the media and some of fans and some other people sort of tangentially related to the game are getting a little bit of a Bengals lean. But I think what's interesting in this is Bill really breaks down the matchups in today's episode. And I think you're going to have a sense for there might be some more ways for the Bengals to win this game game than I think some of the pundits are thinking. So this is truly an interesting breakdown of the game, and we cannot wait to bring it to you. But before we dive into today's show, I want to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Bet Online. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Bowl Sunday with the last game of football season. As always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite sports games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys. Here we go. It's our long-awaited preview of Super Bowl 56 on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian. Here we go. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pullian. It is that week. It is that time where we've got the biggest game of the year. Super Bowl 56 is in front of us. And I feel like somebody has done a lot of work on developing Super Bowl blueprints as we head into the Super Bowl. I feel like he might have some ideas on how this one uh, might work out. And we might get a post log for a potential book that just came out. How are we doing today, guys? Doing pretty well, thank you. And the name of the book is Super Bowl Blueprints, and it's uh, by Vic Carucci and myself. And it's available on Amazon and uh, wherever you uh, wherever you your sports books can be uh, purchased. Uh, one small correction, with, with though I want love Vic Carucci. It's by Bill Polian and Vic Carucci. That <laughs> book, Vic Carucci and Bill Polian. It it's a great read for this week and beyond. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, it is. It you know because it was. Interesting, Bill. It was one when you expanded beyond your own experience in this, you know, and really gave sort of the broader view of everything, which was so interesting. And, you know, it was only somebody like you that could get all those guys to talk about this stuff. Well, it was a, it's an oral history. And so it, these are the people who actually lived it and made it happen. Exactly. Owners, general managers, head coaches, players, um, assistant coaches talking about their experience and, and how it took place. So 
it's uh, and, and there are a lot of great stories in there and anecdotes that no one's ever heard before. Exactly. Right? So um, uh, it, it, it's fun. You are also the studs turkle of the <laughs> NFL. <now. laughs> well, all right, on to the Super Bowl. And in certain places, it's a very hopeful book of a simpler time when certain cities could actually win games. <laughs> That's true. There's some truth for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. What are we thinking, Bill? Well, this Super Bowl is really interesting and exciting in many ways. First of all, it's got a team that hasn't been there in, in Lord knows how long, 30-plus years, the Bengals. Uh, and they are no longer the Bungles, that's for sure. Um, and it's got a Ram team that's been knocking on the door for, for a little bit. And this year went all in in terms yeah. of, of, of trading uh, high choices to get veteran players who can help them uh, win the Super Bowl now, echoing the famous Branch Rickey line, Branch Rickey being the, the, the patron saint of all general managers in every sport. Uh, he was with the St. Louis Cardinals, Brooklyn Dodgers, and Pittsburgh Pirates in his, in his heyday. And he said, the only one you can win is the one you can win now. Yep. And, uh, and so um, – um, that's the way the Rams have operated. So, And then George Allen, right? The future is now. The future is now, yes. Yeah, hearkening back to the Rams of George Allen, who never made it to the Super Bowl, by the way. When you break it down, it's really interesting. And I think a lot closer than some of the so-called experts are, uh, are talking about, even though I think they're talking about the wrong things. Uh, because... Media people love stories, and Joe Burrow's a story, and Stafford's a story, and Jamar Chase is a story, and so that's who they talk about. But that's not what's going to decide the game. So I did a, I did kind of a deep dive into, into both teams, put my old advanced scouts hat on, which I love doing, and, um, and came up with some interesting information. By the way, I'll echo Bill Parcells. I can tell you how the game's going to be played. I can tell you the strengths and weaknesses of both teams. I can't tell you who's going to win. Right. If I right. did, I wouldn't be here. I'd be in yeah. Las Vegas <laughs> placing bets. Yeah. <laughs> None of us would be here. We'd be doing many other things. And living in a much larger house. Yes, indeed. Yeah, with, with a larger staff, someone walking the dog and so on and so forth. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but let's. the only time we're going to see matchups – uh, of the traditional tail of the tape type things that you see in the media is the two quarterbacks. So I'll start there and then we'll go platoon versus platoon, which is really what happens in the game. The quarterbacks touch the ball on every play. So you do have to compare them. In Matthew Stafford's case, he's got a 115.6 QBR for the playoffs. We're talking only playoffs now because everything else is prologue. It's, it's how you play in the playoffs that counts. Yep. Uh, he's got six touchdowns and one interception, which is which is pretty amazing, and 9.1 uh, APC average per attempt. So that's a big, big number. So you, in your in your mind's eye, if you've just been listening and watching television, you think that Joe Burrow is the throw the guy, the ball down the field guy. And, and Matthew Stafford is a dump-off guy to Cooper Cup. That's not the case. That's not the case. Um, although Cooper Cup contributes greatly to that. Joe Burrow 
is four touchdowns and two interceptions. So he's right on the number for this kind of competition. Uh, 7.7 average. That's not an outlier. It's real. Yep. Um, and 96.2 QBR, which is considerably below Stafford, but third among all playoff quarterbacks, uh, Mahomes being number one. Uh, Stafford is number two um, in, in QBR. So Joe Burrow is the hot story. He's the star. The, 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 the cognoscenti are saying, well, you know, will Matthew Stafford throw a stupid interception? That'll cost him the game. Well, Joe's got one more than Matthew has in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's close enough. Bottom line, the guy that's protected best is likely to be the guy that wins. Here is a statistic that is mind-boggling. 38 times in Super Bowl history, the team that won the turnover battle won the game. So that's it in a nutshell. Right. If you turn it over more than the other team, your chances of winning the Super Bowl are... Decrease exponentially. Down the sewer. Yeah. Yep. yep. So that's, that's critical. All right, having said that, let's pr- compare the Bengals' offense against the Rams' defense. Jamar Chase, I would guess, I would guess they're going to travel Ramsey with him. I would guess that because he's so much better than everybody else. Now, that, that the other two guys are not slouches, but but he he's Jamar Chase, is, and, and he's the man. He's Joe's guy, so... That's the one you want to take away. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see Ramsey travel with him. And if that's the case, that matchup is even. Does that sort of effectively take uh, Chase out of the – is Ramsey playing at a level where he can sort of neutralize Chase? No, because you, you can you can put Chase in a bunch. You can put him in motion. You can do a number of different things to get him open. Right. The same with Cup. Uh, you, you can do a number – that's where coaching comes in. You know, you start with the premise that they're probably going to travel Ramsey and, and, and maybe press him. So, you know, let's see how we can get him open. That, that, that's, that's the coaching part of it. And would you do that, Bill, um, in a sense, independent of whether it's his own or a man-to-man? Would yeah. You just... Well, yeah. You, I mean, you prepare for both. So, so it's, but it could be like a box-and-one, right? He just goes because with him? Yeah, it could be. Or you could double him. They're, they're going to do different things. Um but that's where the X's and O's come in, and 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 we'll analyze that next week. We don't know what the game plans are. Hey, Bill, to that point also, how much of Chase as a factor as a running back can kind of affect Ramsey throughout the course of the game in terms of if he is traveling with them and they run a lot of jet sweep action, and maybe he's the primary tackler in a lot of plays, can that wear uh, Ramsey down through the course of the game? Well, it would wear his legs down, but 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 it works both ways. You know, you, you don't want Chase running a lot of phony uh, uh, sweeps, you know, where he's a decoy, where, right. where it's just a fake because you're using up his legs. Um, but you, you likely, you know, if they were doing a lot of that, you get out of traveling Ramsey with him in play zone and, and let the guy, the other corner uh, force. Yeah. That's where you make a, that's where you make a, 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 a an on the ball call. You know, they see the formation or they see the alignment that tells them because you can't run a fly sweep from the opposite sideline. He's got to be close. His alignment has to be close. Right. So when he's in that alignment, 
yeah. You call off whatever's there and zone off, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Those are the things, those are the things to watch during the game. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, and hopefully the color commentator is smart enough and, and prepared well enough to, to tell you what's going on there. Yeah. Um, the uh, T Higgins is uh, uh, Jamar chase, by the way, uh, 20 catches, 279 yards, 13.91 TV. So, 13.9, you know, I, I think if you got him below 12 in the ball game, that's a victory. Yeah. Because that means he's not he's not really affecting the game with big plays. T. Higgins is the is the opposite receiver, 14 for 208, 14.9. He's the, the longer guy and physically and the longer guy in terms of, of getting the ball down the field. And the Rams, he's a mismatch uh, uh, for uh, on the Bengals side. The, the, the Rams don't have anybody that can basically handle him. Tyler Boyd is 10 for 62, 6.2. He's the possession receiver. That's a push with whoever's on him. And and C.J. Uzama uh, may or may not play. He may or may not be 100%. We'll find out. He's 13 for 135, 10.4. One touchdown, 10.4 is... 10 is the magic number for a tight end. That means that he's affecting the defense usually in the middle of the field and picking up first downs. And so um, yeah. Uzama is a big part of their offense, and Burrow likes him. He's got chemistry with him. I think he's listed as, as a probable now. Bill. He's listed as probable, but that, that the, the question then is, you know, what can he do ultimately? It's an ankle, ankle injury. Can you shoot it? Is he? Can he play? You know, all those, you don't know all those things. Well, and, and Bill, this is this is definitely stupid fan question, but it seems to me like Troy Reader for the Rams has had a tough time in space in the playoffs a little bit. Having the ability to have Uzama or potentially players who can work the middle, that's maybe the one of the bigger advantages the Bengals could exploit. Yeah, that's right. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's the, the mismatch there is with the with the Rams linebackers working in the middle of the field, right? Whether it's man or zone, and and, and that's a plus for the for the Bengals. Uzama's a plus for the Bengals. Yeah, uh, because he he you know Reader does struggle with coverage, and he seems to over pursue massively. Well, it, it, he he his job is to pursue and to force the ball back in a lot of cases. Okay, so. I don't fault him on that. He's just not a great space guy. He's 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 not like Milano with the Bills or somebody like that. You know, he's more of a run okay. uh, linebacker, play the run guy. The uh, again, the linebackers match up against Joe Mixon. Um, Joe's got a uh, 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 hundred and uh, nineteen attempts, three point seven average, which is slightly below what you'd like. You'd like it to be four, one touchdown. Um, and then 13 interceptions, 190 yards, I should say. 13 receptions, 106 yards, 8.2. So there you go again, working the middle of the field with Uzama and Nixon who can catch the ball and run with it after the catch. That's a big mismatch for in terms of the Bengals. So the Bengals have an advantage in the passing game, and they have an advantage – a big advantage in the running game. And I just read this morning that the Rams are now talking about alternating three backs in there. Now that may be a false flag too. It may be that they're trying to convince the Bengals that they're going to run the ball, or maybe it's the case, but Mixon is better 
than any of the three running backs that the Rams have because Akers is banged up, and that may be the reason they're, they're going to have three guys up. Um, but Mixon's got juice, and he's got power, and he can make you miss. I mean, the, the Rams' backs are only averaging 2.9 yards per rush. I mean, it's terrible. Akers is out of tough playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Akers is the guy that can, can raise that advantage, but, but if he's not 100%, then that's, a, that's another question. But, Bill, we everybody's obviously talked about the Rams' defensive line from a pass rush perspective, but this is kind of a two-parter. Mixon seemed to really get it rolling in the second half against Kansas City. How much momentum do you think that carries over for him into this week? And then, two, are the Rams – how hard are they to run against versus sort of the pass rush? Well, they're not, they're not terribly hard to run against. The Rams are – they're decent against the run. But the time you want to run against them is when they're in nickel, when you're when you force them into nickel, because now they got Von Miller and Floyd on the end, and uh, and and they've got um, they've got uh, Superman inside, uh, and and Greg Gaines and Bobby Bobby Brown alternating in there, principally Greg Gaines. So you, you can you can run against them in nickel. A. Sean Robinson pretty good inside you know in, in, the, in the normal base alignments they're they're pretty good against the run because reader's good against the run and Trayvon Howard is good against the run they're both somewhat liabilities against the pass but the, the, the key thing is is that they're hard to run against within base um so when they're in base throw when they're in nickel run <laughs> yeah That's, yeah yeah, because my theory of the case has been everybody's talked about the quarterbacks. Joe Mixon, this is a Joe Mixon game where he could win a Super Bowl for the Bengals. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah, because he's better than anybody that that that, that the Rams have. Yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. In both at the position group and 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 in the uh, in the uh, uh, just on the one on one matchups. So uh, on the Rams D. Obviously, we know Von Miller's very good. He's got two sacks. Aaron Donald's all-world. Ashawn Robinson is really good against the run. That's the base front. And uh, and uh, Okoronko and, and, and another cast of thousands will play right. uh, in the base front. And, and Leonard Floyd, if they play three-man, which they do a lot of on base, um, is, is good against the run. And then the nickel front will be Von Miller, Aaron Donald, um, probably uh, Greg Gaines and, and Leonard Floyd. So that that's a mismatch for with the Rams. No question about oh, that. Yeah. None whatsoever. And, and Bill, in terms of the, the Burrow interceptions, when you looked at those, you know, with the number of times he's been sacked and pressured, do you think when he his interceptions are more likely to be just having to unload the ball or is he making wrong decisions or just inaccurate throws on his own? No, he doesn't make very many inaccurate throws. It'll be the result of pressure. Right. So he's in trouble. I mean, yeah. 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 Now he didn't make any errant throws. He took the sacks against, against Tennessee. Right. You know, he really protected the ball. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I mean, he, he did not make any crazy throws which Stafford sometimes will do. That's the difference between the two. When you look how it stacks up, there's a slight advantage for the Bengals versus the Rams defense. 
so long as they can protect. Exactly. And therein lies the problem. Yep. yep because yep. Um, both tackles, Jonah Williams and Isaiah Prince, uh, are, are not good pass, pass protectors. Um, they've been alternating, I think it's pronounced Adenji and Jackson Carmen yep. uh, at, at right guard, but Carmen is hurt and, and he's he's very questionable for this one. Very yes. questionable. Adenji's yep. probably going to start. Adenji's probably going to start. That's right. So that's a bit of a mismatch. And, um, and so, you know, the, the key thing is to protect Burrow. And what's interesting is, you got to give the Bengals a lot of credit. They have tackles who are who are less than ideal in terms of their ability to pass protect, but they rarely get beaten to the inside. So what you see is Burrow's ability to step up and deliver the ball. Mm-hmm. And as was the case against Kansas City, Burrow's ability to take off and run up the middle if there's a seam there. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, they do a pretty good job, better than pretty good, of protecting with two guys at tackle that really are not ideal. So, um, and 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 both guys struggle against speed, and the and the and the Rams have speed off yeah. the edge. <laughs> oh yeah, from both That's edges. That's the one that would keep me up at night. That would be the one that would keep me up. And and now here's the here's the, the conundrum of all conundrums. They got speed off the edge, and they have the best inside pass rusher maybe in the history of the league or certainly in playing now among the, the, a, a certain Hall of Famer inside. So you got you got to double him. I mean, you can't leave him one-on-one. And so then do you chip on the outside, double chip on the outside? How do you, how do you handle the outside rushes? Cause Aaron Donald has to be doubled. You can't let him get to the quarterback right now. The Bengals got a protection problem and, and, and how they solve it is going to be interesting. If I were the analyst doing the game, the first thing I would be looking at is in nickel, how are they protecting? What is their protection scheme? Are they sliding it toward one of the other guys? Are they keeping the back in? Uh, are they chipping? Are they using two tight ends? <clears throat> they may not have two tight ends to use. Um, you know, all of that is 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 a real problem. And if they can't protect, then I think the Rams are going to win the game. Right. And yeah. Bill, what about what about uh, countering with play calls that? you know, get the, the ball out of Burrow's hand more quickly rather than waiting for something. Doesn't do any good because Aaron Donald's right there. Yeah. That's why the three technique is so important. He's closest to the ball. To tackle the receiver? Well, yeah, I mean, you would tackle the receiver, but, you, you know, if, if it doesn't matter if it's if it's quick game, Aaron, if Aaron Donald gets there, he might get there before you get the ball out. Yeah, yeah. I just meant, you know, try to have, you know, instead of trying to, uh, go with longer developing plays quicker. I mean, might might buy him a sack or two. I mean, well, it might buy him a sack or two, but if, if the sack, you know, 
you got to handle Aaron Donald and quick game doesn't, you don't want to be close to Aaron Donald. You don't want to give him a chance to bat the ball in the air. You got to double him. Maybe I'm crazy, but if you see Mixon with 25 carries, P Ryan with maybe six, the Rams win, the, the Bengals win this game. It's likely. It's likely. It's this is the Joe Mixon Super Bowl, and to my, in my mind, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think he's got. He has to play a major role, and he may be playing a major role in the passing game as well. Yeah, yeah. And P. Ryan is, by the way, is a, is a, is a very good uh, 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 player in the passing game. He got the kiss of DC. They leave here and then immediately become amazing. <laughs> Scott, you have, you have this football theory where the whole world revolves around. It happens. Through, okay. Also, major fan of the National Zoo. You got to give it to Samaj P. Ryan. Always went to the zoo. The key, the key thing here is can the Bengals protect? That's number one. Yep. yep. And from a, if you're interested in the X's and O's, how are they doing it? Um, and number two, uh, how do how do the Rams cover, uh, and who do they cover, and who becomes the open guy? If it were me, I would I would say I'm going to make Tyler Boyd beat us, and Uzama beat us, and Mixon beat us. I'm not going to let the I'm not going to let T Higgins or or Jamar Chase beat us, and absolutely not Jamar Chase. Yeah. And if Uzama can't go and it's all on sample, then the Bengals are in in, in, in tough straits. That's very difficult. Because in my mind, samples is sample a particularly good blocker or chipper. He seems. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he is a good blocker. He's a good compliment for Uzama, but they don't have another guy that can replace Uzama unless they bring in a fourth wide receiver. Yeah. So Uzama in, Uzama in the probable category isn't that nether world where you really don't know yeah you don't know you don't know whether he's whether he can make it or not in the uh, in the kicking game um you know that their their kicking game has been fine and interestingly enough um evan mcpherson is 12 for 12 everybody knows that but 50 plus he's three for three so he's got a big leg Matt Guy, conversely, is seven for nine, but he's he's uh, he's his range outside fifty is zero. He's made none outside fifty. Why do I bring that up? Well, if the weather forecast holds up and it's a really warm day, that favors the longer kicker mm-hmm. because the ball. You know, will travel farther in the warm air than it will in the in in, in cold air, and so uh, it's a it's a, a reverse deflate gate. Reverse deflate gate. That's exactly right, and uh, and so McPherson becomes a, a a bigger weapon. He's got the bigger leg. Uh, so um, if it comes down to that, as it often does uh, in Super Bowls, um, that. You know he he's an advantage, so that that's a that's a plus for the Bengals. So there are more pluses for the Bengals than I think you're hearing from the from the, the so-called experts. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bengals win, and I I, I I'll I just say this sentence: um, if the Bengals can protect, they got a hell of a chance to win the game. Ooh. And and Bill, Bill, do you think part of that just you, you know 
when we, we've talked so many times about sort of the talking heads in the media, is some of this just, you know, that the media is less familiar with Cincinnati because they have been on less national games. The Rams had, a, you know, in the preseason were kind of expected or had a good chance to get there. Nobody was picking Cincinnati. So they just continue with the assumption that the Rams have are a better football team than Cincinnati, despite all the stuff you pointed out. Yeah, I think there's some of that. I think there's some of that, you know, and there were people who, who don't have the capacity to do the, the deep dive into it to, to watch, you know, to watch the tape and know what they're watching. Yeah. Or, or look at the, look at the statistics and, 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 and interpret what they're seeing. Let's flip over to the Rams side of it. Now Rams all versus, uh, versus Bengals D. And we, we've already talked about Matthew Stafford and what a great playoff uh, series he's having. Interestingly enough, since both teams were fourth seeds, they all they both played three games. The the bye didn't come into play. I, I'll, I'll digress here for a moment because this was told to me yesterday by a general manager that I, I really respect, and then echoed by two other people that I spoke to later in the day <laughs> as I was preparing for this broadcast. Um, the general consensus is that the seventeenth game wore everyone out. Okay. Everyone I talked to said, man, we were dead. So what we saw in the 17th game and talked about on this podcast, that week 17 was an anomaly. Yeah. It was an anomaly. Everybody was whipped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just now over time, will they adjust? Probably. But it played a role this year. It played a big role. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I mean, guys just kept going, wow, man, 17, said week seven, week 18, we were just whipped. People are going to have to adjust how they handle OTAs. They're going to have to do load management during the season, I think. There are a lot of things to look at in the future going forward, how to deal with 17 games. So you had predicted that, you know, before this started, and, and I was surprised to see, I don't think people did a very good job of it. I mean, they just kind of, to me, it was more like business as usual. I mean. Well, it was because they didn't, they didn't know what to expect to do. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't know what to expect. And it's interesting just looking at the sort of age makeup of the two teams that made the Super Bowl. You know, you look on paper, the Bengals seem like a younger kind of team, the Rams, a little more veteran team. So there's nothing really to draw to say, Hey, maybe the 17 game schedule is going to favor having a younger roster construction because you got fresher legs or some theory like that. Well, we'll, we'll see in this Over game, time. I, in this game, the two week preparation yeah. will probably have ameliorated that. Some common sense would tell me it, it, it would, but there were overtimes. Both teams had overtimes in the playoffs. So, I mean, it was – this is a crazy, crazy year. This is never – and uh, one thing we I think we should mention, uh, going back to Scott as the D.C. center of the football universe, is the the Goff and for Stafford trade is the, is the first trade I saw that exceeded, you know, starting quarterbacks, Bill, from when, when the trade was – Norm Sneed for Sonny Jurgensen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, right? It's it's. I mean, it's this this. You know, this eminently one forgettable. Been, yeah, but you know, that was yeah. The closest to that was Milk Pappas for Frank Robinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that one might be even more egregious. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Let's don't lose our audience in baseball trivia. All right, right. sorry. sorry. Go, Five percent of our audience knows who Milk Pappas is <laughs> outside of Baltimore. Right, look it up. Uh, the uh, uh, <clears throat> the uh, the Rams offense uh, is multifaceted, but it's built around Cooper Cup. So in in three games, twenty five receptions, three hundred eighty six yards. 15.4 average per catch and, uh, and, and four touchdowns. And that, a lot of that 15.4 is rack run after the catch. He is the complete receiver. He's the best route runner in the league. He's got among the best hands in the league, and he's by far the best run after catch guy. So, Not to mention his, his blocking. Well, and, and he, yes, that's right. And he is a good blocker. So that's, that's, he's number one. He's the number one receiver in the league. And, and so you got to take him away, which makes even more mind boggling, mind boggling the Tampa Bay call in the, in the, in the division round game, you know, which, which left him uncovered. Yep. yep. Um, now it's a mistake. Uh, you don't blame the coach entirely for it. It's a mistake by uh, both of uh, of communication and 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 execution. But still, um, put two guys on them, please. Yeah, especially in game changing situations. Uh, the the um, the uh, other receiver <laughs> is Odell Beckham, who has nineteen for two thirty six, twelve point four average. And one touchdown, and and he is uh, the biggest wild card in the whole deal because you you have to presume that you got to get two on cup most of the time. The reason being that he's not a possession receiver. He's not Wells Wells Wes Welker, right? Uh, who ironically enough coaches the Rams receivers. Um, he is a guy who, when the ball is in his hands, can go the distance uh, with rack. So you you got to have two on him. you got to find some way to tackle him after he catches the ball, which means that almost always you're going to have Beckham one-on-one because they'll create formations that, that force you to do that. And, and Beckham can beat a lot of people. Uh, and when he's one-on-one and has opportunity to use that great leaping ability, those great hands, those great strong hands, that great ability to twist his body into a pretzel and, and, and do it at top speed, um, he's, he's rough to handle one-on-one. So yep. uh, that's, a, that's a conundrum that we'll talk about here in a little bit for the Cincinnati defense. Um, Van Jefferson is very solid possession receiver. And also a guy who can go deep, five for 79, 15.8. Nicked up a little, though. Little nicked up. Little, little nicked up. Yeah, little nicked up. Now, you know, would you, would you, would you say we're going to double Cup and we're going to double Beckham and let Jefferson and the running back beat us? Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's entirely possible. This could be the Joe Mixon versus Kendall Blanton Super Bowl. If, there you uh, go. If we can't go. There you go. There you go. In, in, in a Bill Belichick world, that's what they'd make it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
What is more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-generation encryption to make sure everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter what operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So what are you waiting for? Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, that's B-L-E-A-V. So one more time, nordvpn.com slash believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Want to make some money? How about you invest in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. So what are you waiting for? Get priority access with your unique promo code. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. To learn more about important disclosures at masterworks.art. Art, you will find out all the permutations of how you want to get investing in high value art today. The tight ends are, are interesting cats, and the most uh, most interesting of all is Tyler Higby. And the, you know, what's his physical condition? We're gonna find that out. He is he is the re, he is the X factor in that if you decide to create coverages that are going to make it tough to get the ball to Cup and to Beckham, Higby becomes the third option and a very, very good third option. Um, so he's at nine for 115, 12.8. I mean, that, that's 12.8 is, is doing the job at tight end. Right. So uh, whereas Blanton is seven for eight point, uh, uh, at seven for 85, 10.7, that's right on the, you know that's the that's the number that you want, but Higby it sees it by almost three yards, and and so if he if he can go, yeah, boy oh boy that's that's a huge plus for the Rams. And they have him as doubtful though. Yes, I know that hasn't know been practiced. But Blanton has hasn't played. Blanton played a really good game in the championship. He's played okay. Their backup guys have come in and played okay. They but there'll be a big hat on Blanton in this game if if if. If the if the Bengals do what, one well, the but the Bengals linebackers are really good. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah, we'll get there in a second. Yeah. Um. Okay. On the offensive line. Oh well, let's talk about the running backs. Cam Akers is 151 yards, 2.8 and a uh, a carry, um, and uh, and uh, two fumbles, no touchdowns, but he's got juice. And, and he's the guy that that can break big runs and explosive plays. Uh, he's not much in the passing game, but he's got a banged up shoulder. And as I said earlier, they're talking about using three running backs, which might indicate that he's not 100%. Uh, 
Sony Michelle was a really good pickup for them. Um, he's 78 carries, 3.3 yards, but he's a one-speed guy. He doesn't have the juice nor the power that Akers has. Akers is the number one back, but can he play? That becomes that becomes the question mark. Um, the uh, so now we go to the offensive line. Andrew Woodworth and Austin Corbett uh, and um, uh, Havenstein, Rob Havenstein, are decent pass protectors. They struggle with speed. Um, they struggle with movement, both of them. But the Bengals rushers are power rushers, basically. They don't have the explosive speed that the Rams rushers do. So I would, I would be surprised if Whitworth and Havenstein can't handle or can't hold their own against the Bengals rushers. Um, of the two rushers, um, Hendrickson is the more accomplished. He's got 2.5 sacks in the preseason. Hubbard is not far behind. And they're really good rushers. They have strong hands. They're slippery, meaning they can move their bodies and 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 get on the side of a of, of a pass protector. They're long so that they, they eat up ground with strides and they both have long arms so they can get to the passer and disrupt them. Um, but uh, they're not first speed Floyd Von Miller guys. Uh, they're bigger and stronger, which, which makes it big and strong against big and strong, which you would think would be a push. Now, they are good stunters. And that would get that's going to give the Rams a lot of trouble because neither Whitworth nor Havenstein handled handled movement very well. And the left guard is challenged, right? Oh, yeah, wait, we haven't even got there. Yet. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I was waiting. That's the one I'm waiting for. I, I just want to hear the adjectives. <laughs> okay, the center and the left guard are huge liabilities. Right. They're not challenged. They're big time liabilities. So uh, the question is, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, BJ Hill has 1.5 sacks. So the question is, who do they put over um, Edwards, the left guard, and who do they put over the center? How do they align? What do they do to take advantage of, of what, what is clearly a mismatch in favor of the Bengals there? Um, the, the, that's the weak part in the Rams offensive line is in the middle. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. The, um, and, and that's DJ reader and BJ Hill. DJ reader is a power guy. And, and I would, I would, I would probably flop them if they can, but that's hard to do with defensive linemen. But, you know, that's a mismatch in there for the, in, in favor of, 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 uh, of the Bengals. Um, so, too, is the linebacker situation. Logan Wilson has two interceptions in the playoffs and five in addition to that during the regular season. Hey, Bill, given the weakness of the interior of the line, how do you feel about blitzing Stafford up the middle? Uh, I'd be careful of it. Okay. I'd be careful of it. You know, blitzing is a two-edged sword. If you can beat that, here's the basic premise. If you can win rushing four, don't blitz. Yeah. 
and you can win on the inside, rushing four. And you may get some wins on the outside because these are not great athletes at, at, at tackle. And, and whereas Hendrickson and Hubbard are, you know, they're not Bosa, but they're, but they're good, solid guys. A lot better than people know. A lot better than people know. So, so what, yeah, wouldn't that cut the other? I mean, if you can, if you can do it without blitzing, which when you have a weakness like that, that raises the probability that a, just a, you know, a straight on rush with alignment is going to succeed. Why would you have to blitz and, and open up an area? I don't know. Well, here's, here's why, here's why. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a good point, but here's why. Um, Chidobi Awuzie and Eli Apple are basically big, tough corners who can manhandle you. They're really, really, and, and Eli Apple has had a rebirth, probably, you know, went back to the land of his birth, <laughs> the state of Ohio. And, uh, and dotted the eye, and he's feeling good again. Yeah, dotting the eye, exactly right. And traditionally, in the championship game, oh, they, the memory of it still makes me sick. And, and in, the, in the Super Bowl, they let much more go in the secondary than normal. Witness, of course, the famous Saints-Rams uh, Super Bowl, the uh, championship game, I should say. Um, so uh, Eli Apple is the handsiest player in the league. He is the, he's the guy who grabs and holds most. Uh, that's his game. It's always been that way since he came out of Ohio State. He damn near got run out of the league because of it. Um, I, I don't mean run out by the powers that be, run out by by the number of flags that he drew. Um, and um, But to, his, to Lou Anarumo's credit, the Bengals have cleaned him up to some degree. He's playing more with his feet, but he's still he's still a grab. But he might get away with it in in, in the in the Super Bowl. So the question is, who's who who is he on? You know, is he on Cup? Is he on Beckham? I don't know that I'd put him on Beckham. That that one, or else just keep grabbing him and hope they don't call. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's simple. Awuzie has been much better. Again much better defensive play with, with, with these guys, this secondary than you would have reason to expect. So kudos to the coaches for really doing a good job. And, and so, you know, you would think that cup and Beckham would be a big mismatch against these corners and that's conventional wisdom. It's probably correct. The question is how much of the officials going to let them get away with Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, as you, we know, Beckham's a little guy. Cup can handle anything anyone wants to throw at him, uh, but still difficult. Mike Hilton is a, is a is a really good nickel back, and it'll be interesting to see how they line up and you know and how they play. And Hilton will hit you. And Hilton will hit you. Yes, absolutely. Um, the safeties. Von Bell um, has one interception. He's he's a he's a good player, and and you could you could match him on uh, uh, on Higby, and 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 not have to hold your breath or help him every play. Higby's going to win his share and maybe more, um, but Von Bell will hold his own. Uh, I I think the real 
the real problem is that corner, and then that's in the hands of the officials. Um, if they, as I say, been there, done that, and uh, if they allow them to grab, they can take anybody away. Um, and then Bates is is the best safety nobody knows. And as you saw in the championship game, when Patrick tried to fit the ball in there in a, in a, in a fit of, of frustration uh, to Tyreek, over the top came James to intercept the ball. He is a really, really, really good safety. So, uh, but he's a, he's a ball hawk. He's, he's a guy, you know, he's a free, true free safety. So the other guys have to do their jobs and then he'll, he'll clean it up both tackling and, and with, with his ball skills. And Logan Wilson is an outstanding cover linebacker. Outstanding. So uh, as is Pratt, Pratt's, Pratt's, not, Pratt's really good too. So up the middle, up the middle, the Bengals have, uh, you know, Reader, B.J. Hill, Pratt, Wilson, Bates, Bell. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But on the outside, uh, where the Rams is where the Rams really shine. So what that tells you is, again, the team that pass protects best is the team that's likely to win. And that's even more true of the Rams because, as we see, they really kind of have to make their money run outside with the passing game. That That's really – especially if Akers is not 100%. That's, that's, that's where they're going to make their money. And, and they do have the Bengals overmatched there. The question is, can you protect? Can you protect? And then how much – I keep coming back to this, but as a – as a victim of it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can tell you, <laughs> if the officials just spot the ball, uh, all bets are off, literally. <laughs> this is the time in court when you do your victim presentations day. Uh, and Bill, obviously it's the it's the all-star crew rules, but Torbert is very much towards the bottom of the league in DPI. Yes, he is. You bet he is. Oh, so, here we go. That is not the that is not the officiating crew that the Rams wanted. No. I think they probably wanted Hockley. Yeah. 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 Sean, Sean is running away with the DPI call uh, win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, without being handsy, uh, you know, from what I've seen, the film I looked at, you can double Cooper Cup. He's still getting open. I mean, he still he beats double. Teams. Well, they'll find ways to get him open. The, 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 the big thing is down the field. It, it isn't so much illegal contact or defensive holding. It's down the field. What are they allowed to do him? You know, when he's going for the ball, do they allow people to go through his back? When he when he beats the first guy, do they allow him to grab jerseys? Which now you're grabbing jerseys is back in vogue. Uh, you know, so uh, that all of that stuff is 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 what is the hidden part of the game that most fans don't see, and even the broadcasters, unless it's egregious, don't see. Uh, but it plays a huge part. Or when the broadcasters see it, they're dismissive of it. Oh, well, it didn't really impede him, you know, or that's not really passing. That's nonsense, but yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just, you know. Bill, do you think Torbert's proclivity to call, his crews to call offensive holding offsets the DPI, especially with this matchup? If you just no. sort of think about it on paper, that the Bengals might hold more? No, no, because 
the game's going to be decided down the field. You know, that, that's where the game's decided. If you allow, if you allow a, a corner who's overmatched um, to play with his hands and not his feet, um, you've given the defense an incredible advantage. Right. Whereas holding, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of another. And, and again, in these games, they tend to let the players play. They, they don't want to, the officials don't want to decide these games. Witness, again, the, the Rams uh, uh, Saints championship game. They don't want to decide these games. Uh, I, I won't say they choke, but they, they sure don't want to be in position where they're deciding the game. And uh, so, uh, again, you know, if the defense can grab and hold and interfere down the field, they got a hell of an advantage. I don't care how good you are. Mm -hmm. And then here's a weird one that we didn't hit. How worried would you be about Matt Orzich, the long snapper for the Rams, second-year player, playing at home, probably a dream scenario – does that make you nervous or give you a pause that maybe you could have weird things in the snapping in the, the snapping version of the uh, long snap in the uh, Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. The, the only, the only, you know, the, the rules protect them. So all they have to do is what they do. They just have to execute week after week. Um, what would worry me is if they get, if the, if the officials just become ball spotters right, um, where they're not calling anything. So they allow someone to, to get on the center's head okay. or on his outside shoulder and really yeah. and really blast away a snapper I should say and blast away that becomes that becomes a huge issue or if they allow people to um, knock him off and, and and send rushes through that gap which is which is blatantly illegal um, if, if they decide to just be ball spotters that's that's a real problem for everybody. Okay. Every yeah. when the officials don't officiate, skilled people suffer. That's the bottom line, and and they don't cancel each other out. Offensive holding does not cancel out illegal contact, which by the way was down, God knows how much, hundreds of percents this year. Um, they they it doesn't cancel out DPI. Um, you know, it, it, it just doesn't. It, it, think about this. Offensive holding is uh, is ten yards. DPI is fifty yards. Right, right. Yeah, simple as that. One also looking at this crew, this could be a very low low penalty game, right? Well, the league wants low penalty games, and and, and it got low penalty games in the championship games. Uh, those games were played pretty close to three hours, even though the they, they may slip in a, an extra commercial or two. And, and, and we'll talk in a second about the, the 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 difference in the Super Bowl in terms of timing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but exactly. but the the they don't want a lot of penalties. This is this is not a league office that that right is happy with sixteen penalties a game. So the the, the officials know that they they know what they're grading on. So. Uh, and, and there are many people that believe that they officiate to get grades and, and, and not to officiate the game. I, I don't I don't think that's entirely true, but, uh, you know, th- there's a school of thought that says that. But one thing we know, the analytics have told you who does what. And as you correctly point out, Torbert's crews are traditionally low flag crews. Yeah. And look. Bill, I mean, you know, and, you know, officials are human like anybody else. It may not be overt, 
But if you know you're going to get a, you know, a, a slap on the ass versus a pat on the back, how do you how do you keep that out of your mind when you know really what your bosses want you to do? It's a hard. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Hard thing. It's a hard, a hard thing. thing to do. Um, so uh, let's talk about the, uh, the, the the little hidden things that are in the Super Bowl. Uh, number one, uh, you get to the stadium very, very early. Typically, the offensive linemen will get there four hours before the game. Uh, the other people are, you know, required to be there two hours before game time. Um, typically, with the police escorts and wherever you're staying and what have you, you're there four hours before the game time. So the, the, the players have to be fed at halftime because that means they eat six hours before game time. So you have to be you have to be really conscious of keeping them fed, keeping them hydrated, and now the ha- the the pregame show has been cut down somewhat. Thank God, it used to be forty five minutes between the warm up and the kickoff. I think it's now closer to twenty five, which is a good thing. Um, but still, you're out there warming up, and then you go back in the locker room, and you got a period of time where you know you're idle. And, and your nerves can kick in and so on and so forth. And then, of course, for the, with, the, um, with the introduction of the teams, um, that's always emotional. Um, the emotion peaks at that point in time. And to use the old Marsh Lareth, uh, Adam Vinatieri line, the, the team that recognizes that it's just another football game first is usually the one that wins. So you, you got to get control of your emotions. And that's up to the head coaches to get the teams, you know, in sync and control of their emotions before before kickoff. Um, but fortunately, the time between the warm up and uh, and and taking the field has now, thank God, been reduced. In my day, it was forty five, closer to an hour, um, and that's bad. Uh, halftime is still in the end thirty five to forty minutes, so you feed them at halftime. Uh, you, uh, you know, you, you have, you have food in there, not sandwiches, but bagels and, and juice and other food that's going to stimulate, uh, activity, uh, and, and they eat at halftime and, and you do have time to make detailed adjustments at halftime. So people who've been to the Super Bowl before, or who are prepared to do it, even though their teams may not have been, um, have an alternative game plan for the second half available that they practiced. Um, and so uh, now you have a chance to go to that game plan and adjust it according to what you've seen in, in, in the first half. So the second, the, the first couple series of the second half, if you're watching the game on TV are kind of dispositive because you may, you, you may see different offensive sets. You may see a different offensive approach. Typically, halftime adjustments are figments of people's imagination. In the Super Bowl, they're not. Yeah. Though, given the Venetary line, how much does it matter that a lot of the Ram players would have been there before, not many of the Cincinnati players? It means something. It means something. You know, the first time you're there, it's, a, it's, it's an overwhelming experience. Keep in mind that for all of the players um, – this is the culmination of a dream that they've had since they've been 10 years old. Right. So, I mean, they're, they're, that's, I don't care how good a player you are. I don't care how dominant you've been throughout your life, which all of these players are. They're, 
they, they were the best players on their Pop Warner team, the best players on their high school team, the best players on their college team. Yep. Yep. Um, so, but, but it's still the dream, you know, it's, it's what you've always, it's your boyhood dream. You're getting to live it. And, uh, and, and so, and you have typically, at least the teams I've been with, we encourage the players to make sure that they got their tickets to people who really mean something to them. And in, invariably the teams I was, I was with, that's what they did. So you would see, you know, high school coaches, Pop Warner coaches, mom and dad, Uncle Charlie, whatever. You know, so that's emotional for them. For sure. And also, right, try to get them, get that, in the two-week ones, get it, that get that done in the first week so you're not worrying about it. Oh, yeah, the ticket stuff, you get, you, you, you got to get, get rid of it. Early, you got to get it, yeah. You for example, it. I think in Buffalo, we were the first people to open practice to the families on, 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 on Saturday. It's now become a tradition with many teams. Uh, and and that's very emotional because after practice is over, all the the loved ones come down and take pictures with their with their their son or, or, or relative. And and the position groups are taking pictures with their position coach. It's an emotional time. And yeah. uh, and, and that's that's right. And, and, you know, chances are this is the last time you're a team. I mean, well, that's what you think. No, yeah, this, this I may never be here again. I may never, be here again. never get back and I may never get to be with these guys again. Who I yeah. come to consider my brothers. The, the emotions yeah. are also raised when one team is clearly playing for an entire city. I mean, you see the <laughs> amount of people that showed up in Cincinnati in the last week and a half. It's hard to process the pressure. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. And 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 we did our best. All the you know the, the five that I was in, we did our best to try and segregate the players from that. But for example, when you you go back to the the hotel on Saturday, the, if you use a hideaway hotel, which we did every Super Bowl, when you go back to the regular hotel, all the families are there and. All the hangers on are there. It's incredible. You know, we, we, we even debated going from right from practice to the, to the hideaway hotel. Well, the Rams have it easy because they only had 500 people show up to the pep rally. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that's L, that's L.A., but, you know, yeah. still, the, the, people that are, the people that are coming in from the, for the Rams players and coaches are the ones that really count, and, 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 and there will be plenty of those. So – that those are the ones that affect you emotionally. You don't care about the pep rallies or any of that stuff. It's, it's, it's the people, you know, grandma and grandpa who took you to your first football game. This is not only the culmination of your, it's the culmination of their oh, lives they're too. Doing, yeah. Yeah. I they're the ones who drove you to practice every yep, day. And that's no. exactly right. That's exactly right. I can't tell you how many parents and relatives I've run into on, on that, Saturday practice before the Super Bowl who come over and say, thank you for bringing my son. Here. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it's, nice. Yeah, it is. It's emotional. Yeah. And I mean, so you got to get past that. And then you got to get past, uh, hopefully, you know, by the time you hit Saturday, you're past all of the, uh, uh, you know, the crib didn't get delivered to the room and, uh, and Bessie lost the tickets, and, you know, <laughs> That all of that happens. All of that happens. And that's what your staff is there. By, by the time the Super Bowl is over, your administrative staff is, are, are the walking dead. I mean, yeah, they're, like, and they're saints. they not not New Orleans saints, literal saints, because of all the stuff they've had to handle. Uh, all I can say for us, Bill, is poor Steve. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's got the best book of all <laughs> in terms of, ex- of Super Bowl experiences. But all of that goes into the game. I mean, that goes into your mindset coming into the game. And, and uh, I'll never forget, uh, you know, looking at the highlight film. I guess it was 06 when we won in Miami. And they had a photo. Uh, they had a montage of the players coming out of the uh, the locker room and, and you know, running out through all the smoke and everything and, and through the, uh, you know, through the gauntlet of, of, of service people and what have you. And Freddie Kiaho was crying to beat the band. You know, and, and he, he's as tough and hard-nosed a guy as you'd ever run across. It was just the, emo- the amount of emotion that's there. Peyton made a great statement, which floored me when he made it. They asked him, you know, what what he was going to remember most about the Super Bowl aside from the playing of the game. And he said, I always wanted to be on the field and watch all those cameras flashing, meaning the phones. Uh, And I thought, wow, (laughs) everybody has the dream, right? Right. It doesn't matter who you are. It's the culmination of your lifelong dream. And, And fans need to recognize that because it does affect how the players play and how they concentrate. And as a coaching staff, and as an administrative staff, you're always trying to make sure that you keep it just another game as, as much as you can. Very, very true. Very tough, very tough, though. Very tough. Especially when literally I think an entire city is uh, bonded. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, if it's, you know, there's certain cities – where the, that's the biggest thing that's ever going to, you know, Los, not Los Angeles and New York. If you can get through the Bengals cut up that they did of that city's reaction to winning the AFC championship game without shedding a tear, you're dead inside. I mean, it's just oh, the yeah. impact well, that the had on those people. The championship game in many ways is the most wonderful and purest celebration that you have because it's with your fans who have been with you from the start. It's with your teammates with whom you shared the journey and may not ever again. Right. It's the recognition that you've reached the pinnacle. You still have one more mountain to climb, but you're, but, but you're there. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not shared with, with all of these hangers on and, and supernumeraries that surround the Super Bowl. Even the media that covers it are, are people that, by and large, you know and you've kind of worked with all all season. Even the net, the so-called national media, media like Peter King and people like that, they're familiar. They know you, and you know them. The Super Bowl is surrounded by so many hangers-on and charlatans and uh, you know people. I mean, I, I could do a whole book on that, but right. the. the, the, the Talking your way into a press pass. The yeah. the one the one story that stands out that's that's obvious is that um, we made it clear by Mr. Ursay's dictum, which both Tony and I agreed with a thousand percent, that everybody was going back to Indianapolis for the celebration, and then whoever was going to go to Disneyland would go to Disneyland, you know. And if they couldn't put it off for a day, then so what? It was more important to have the team with their fans in Indianapolis. So we come in the locker room and it's, you know, by the time you get there after the Super Bowl, it's almost 45 minutes after the game has ended. We come in the locker room and there's a guy that I've never seen before walking around. 
and and, and, and he's, he's looking for, I, I forget whether it's, I think it was Dominic Rhodes. And I said, excuse me, who are you looking for? Strange face in a, in a, in a sea of strange faces. And he said, Dominic Rhodes. I said, why? He said, I'm here to take him to Disneyland. And I exploded. I said, we told you that the entire team is going back to Indianapolis. We told the league, the league was supposed to tell you, no, no, I got to take him. I said, I just said to the security people, get him out of here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff that yeah. occurs. You know, you're celebrating the greatest victory of your life. Yeah. It may never happen again. And some guy's concerned about taking a player to Disney. He's talking about Mickey Mouse. It's literally Mickey Mouse stuff. Yeah, I think Phil's <laughs> going to get a gig moonlighting as the uh, greeter at uh, Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gang, that is our show for this week. We are uh, jacked for Super Bowl 56. I think there's a little bit of a Cincinnati lean on the pod, a better yep. shot than I think a lot of people think that they've got. Uh, all right, gang, this, this should be fun. Rick, are you ready? I'm ready, and as you say, if anything, this should uh, make you, uh, you know, rethink uh, what you're going to do when you get into that room with all those other people and who you're putting your money down on. So, uh, but they, that's why they play them. So we'll talk to you next week when we all know what happened. All right, see you, gang. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.